0: If you died right now, you just drop dead. If you go to heaven or hell. That's a terrible question, right? But that's the terrible line that I repeated over and over again as I knocked on doors my sophomore year of college, for two hours a week. I would walk around and knock on people's door, and I'd say, if you died right now, would you go to heaven or hell? I think we have a picture of me in college up here. Um, If this showed up at your door, look, what's with the soul patch? Soul patch has (laughs) never been cool. Like, I would have punched that place if that came to my door right now. Uh, but I'm walking around at people's door every week for two hours, and I'm knocking people's door. And when they open the door, they're like, can I hope I'd be like, if you die right now, would you go to heaven or hell?" Um, you know, I had some people slam the door in my face. Some people uh, sick their dogs on me. Um, some people just kind of was like, "No, thank you." Uh, I'm lucky I didn't get shot. Honestly, you know, that's a threat in Tennessee if you go up to somebody and say, "If you die right now," <laughs> like I'm surprised no one pulled a gun on me and shot. Him. Um, the Bible college I was going to, I was, as part of the curriculum, I had to be involved in a local church, and I had to be involved in what they were doing, and the church I was going to was really passionate about these evangelism techniques, going out and knocking on somebody's door and saying, if you die right now, we can go to heaven or hell. And uh, so that's what I did for a whole year, for two semesters, two hours a week, um, and I saw no convergence to Nobody was like, "I was an atheist," but then you knocked on my door and said, "Where are you going to go when you die?" And now I'm a believer. That didn't happen. In fact, I had very few conversations. People just didn't want to talk to me when I started a conversation this way. Um, This experience raised a lot of questions for me, not only about how we should go about introducing people to the ways of Jesus, but also if heaven and hell are really the most important pieces of the story. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to explore these concepts of heaven and hell. We're going to talk about what the Bible says. I think there's a lot of misconceptions that we have leaked where we've taken the very few things the scripture says about heaven and hell, and then we've filled in the gaps with our cultural imaginations. We've been like, well, maybe that means this. And then after a while, we've heard that enough, and we just start believing it, even though scripture never said it. The story of the Bible is not about you getting heaven or hell, that story is way too small. The story of the Bible is so much bigger and so much better than that. Now, I grew up in churches that had a very simplistic view of the Bible. The Bible is about you getting to heaven or hell. And uh, they would often say things like this. The Bible is a acronym for basic instructions before leaving earth. Maybe you've heard that if you've been around church um, or if you grew up in church. As if the entire story of the Bible was a playbook so that you made the right moves so you would end up at the right place, so you would get to heaven and not hell. And quite honestly, as I've got older, as I've read more, as I've studied more, as I've got more and more Christian education, what I've realized is that's just not the story of the Bible. Maybe a piece of the story, but that's not the story. This is a cosmic love story about kings and kingdoms, and about what God is doing to bring everyone, or bring people all across the planet to himself. Now, growing up, the way that most pastors talk, and the way that most churches talk, I thought the entire thing was about heaven and hell. Every message I heard, every time I heard somebody talk about this book or talk about Jesus, it was always in the concept, uh, in the context of heaven and hell. But heaven and hell actually make up very little of the narrative of this book. If you start reading through the Bible, you probably realize they just don't come up that often. They're not really the uh, the thing, the subject that comes up the most. There's 31,102 verses in the Bible. Six hundred and twenty-two of them are about heaven. That's roughly one point nine percent. Only fifteen are about hell. If you add in the eight about Hades, the two about the lake of fire, you have less than one percent of the Bible is about hell. That doesn't mean there isn't a heaven or hell, but that probably means that we put way too much emphasis on something that the Bible didn't emphasize as a central story. Most of the Bible isn't about the afterlife; it's about this life right here, right now. Now, when I was in Bible college, we had this huge digital clock on the back wall of chapel, and after every chapel service, we. And there would be this counter back there, and the numbers would be getting higher all the time. And they would always end chapel services like this. That's how many people died and went to hell while we were sitting in this chapel <laughs> Now you need to go out. And you wonder why I'm so messed up. Right? <laughs> I went to Bible, that's why. and we walk out and they'd say, Now you need to go out and tell people. Because people are dying every day and going to hell. Now, not only do I think that's incredibly morbid, I think it's unbiblical to use guilt and fear to try to produce godly results. We walk around all the time, all, the, all of us in Bible this low grade guilt, like, I should be talking to everybody about Jesus. If I'm not, I'm a bad Christian. I'm like, I'm an introvert. I don't want to talk to anybody about anything, even things I'm passionate about and interested in. Like, I just don't want to talk to people. And does that make me a bad Christian? We don't go to the world because we're headed to hell. We go to the world because heaven is headed Let's look at Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. It says, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them, and when they saw Jesus, they worshipped, but some doubted. I love just that little uh, verse right there. some doubted. They see the risen Jesus who they saw crucified, they now see him alive and they're like, I kind of still have doubts. So if you have doubts, it? guess what people who saw him with their own eyes had doubts too. during are in Newcomers. Jesus came near to them and said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, as a result, because, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I commanded you, and remember I am with you always, even to the end. Uh, if you've been around the Bible or you've been around church, you probably know this passage is often called the Great Commission. This is like, this is what the church should be about. What I found is often churches who love to talk about hell the most will have a giant banner that says, "Go make disciples of the nations, Matthew 28 on it. And they'll raise money because people are going to hell who haven't heard about Jesus. They will hold events bench because people are going to hell who haven't heard about Jesus. Jesus. They will guilt their people into talking to their friends and neighbors about Jesus or inviting them to church because they're going to hell. The only problem is Jesus doesn't say the reality of hell should be our motivation to make disciples. What did Jesus say there? Why did Jesus say to go and make students of the way he lived in love? What did the pastor say? We expected, right, from what we've heard in churches that Jesus would say, go everywhere to all the nations and make disciples because people are going to hell. But he doesn't say. What does he say? He said, because all authority has been given to me. You know, we wouldn't expect him to say, everybody's going to hell, you gotta get out there and tell them about me. He says, no, no, no. I have all authority to go out and tell people about me. This is a very different approach, a very different motivation for why we should talk about Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about today. Jesus tells his followers to make citizens of his kingdom because he has been crowned king of heaven and earth. He says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and now I'm on earth. As a result, you should go make students of my way of life. You should make citizens of my coming kingdom. The entire storyline of the Bible is that there are two kingdoms who are ruled by one benevolent king, but one kingdom rebelled, and as a result, it uh, they tried to rule themselves and as a result the kingdom has been wrecked and ravaged but now the good king is coming back to take over the ruined kingdom and make it right again the kingdom of jesus is breaking into our world so that's why we make disciples students of the way that jesus lived and loved when he was crucified it looked like defeat but it was actually a coronation he was defeating the false kings of sin and death to restore the rightful role and reign that make disciples, students of how Jesus lived and loved. We're getting people ready to live in his kingdom with him as king. Our motivation, according to Jesus here in Matthew 28, is not to save people from a sadistic God who wants to torture them like Jigsaw from the Saw movies. <laughs> That's not what Jesus says. Jesus isn't like, my Father in heaven really wants to torture people in hell, so you better get out there and tell them about me. He says, no, I've been crowned king out there and make disciples our motivation is to spread the good news the gospel that the kingdom we are in is ending and a new king is crowned and his kingdom is coming the kingdom of war and racism and poverty and sex trafficking and cancer and death is crumbling and passing away the kingdom of jesus is coming get ready and get people ready with us i'm not a christian because i'm afraid god will send me to hell if i don't if i'm not I'm a Christian because I believe the kingdom of Christ is breaking into our world and it's way too good not to be a part of this yeah. In the first century, the Roman Empire started a religious cult around the emperor. They had their Roman gods that were based off of the, the Greek pantheon, but they also developed this system of religion around the Caesar, the Roman Emperor, where they considered him a god. And they had places and shrines to worship him. And when the emperor put out a proclamation, they called it an evangelion in Greek. That's the same word that we use for gospel, good news. And so when the emperor put out a decree, they would say, this is an evangelion. This is a good news. This is a gospel from the emperor. Now, it's interesting that the followers of Jesus in the first century, when they started talking about Jesus' life and death and resurrection, his coming kingdom, they called it evangelion. They called it gospel. They called it good news. When Caesar conquered a new kingdom, the Evangelion of his conquest would roll out across the emperor. They would say, good news, the emperor has expanded the empire. The early church called the message of Jesus Evangelion because the kingdom that was was over, and a better kingdom was coming. They are like, good news, there's a new king, a new king who is ruling a new kingdom. Um, Everyone remember the ending of Star Wars Return of the Jedi, where the movies should sort have of stopped, but they didn't. Um, the whole galaxy celebrates the end of the Empire, I think I've got a clip that right? way. Being a total geek, you know, I'm just crying through the joy at the end of Return of the Jedi, every time I see it. But it's all these planets, all across the galaxy, just celebrating that the Empire is over. And you see all these planets that come up in all the different movies and they're all celebrating the empire has fallen the emperor is dead there is good news in the galaxy that's exactly what we're talking about here this is the central planet in the star Wars universe I know you guys are all like, I hate this guy and he's So they're not gonna stop, oh, i just gonna be doing you know? <laughs> And then after this Ewoks start dancing around, it's such a huge Um that's exactly what we're celebrating. That's exactly what the gospel says. The kingdom of the emperor, empire, and the emperor is over dead. He's not going to come back in three movies. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> now, these rebel forces here, they still had a lot of work to do. Um, but you know what? The empire the emperor was dead and the empire was over. They were working from their victory, not for their victory. They had good news. The empire was dead. The new republic was born. And that's the message that we have. Our message is done. And that was really bad. Our message is there's a new king that's been crowned, and our world is messed up, but there's a new kingdom coming, and it's going to be set right. We should be motivated by the same kind of good news to tell people about Jesus. We're not motivated by bad news. We're motivated by good news. That's what gospel means. This present kingdom with all its injustice and sorrow and brokenness is coming to an end. The king is That's why we teach people to become apprentices of Jesus' way of life. That's why we teach them to obey everything that he taught his disciples. That's why we baptize them. We invite them to become citizens in a kingdom that is rushing into our world. Jesus leaves them not with the threat of hellfire from the disciples' friends and family. He could have been like, these are his last words on earth before he ascends to heaven. He could have been like, you need to tell your families, hell is coming. Instead, he says, Tell your friends and your family and your neighbors into the ends of the earth, I'm king. I now have authority, and the old ways of doing things are passing away. The kingdom of Jesus is coming. Everything sad will come untrue. That's very good news. Whether you're religious or not, whether your neighbors like Jesus or not, whether they want any part to do with religion, everybody recognizes there's something wrong with the kingdom as it is, and we want a new kingdom. My parents were driving back to Tennessee, they were visiting me yesterday, and uh, they saw this sign on the way home, and they were like, you should put this in your sermon. This is exactly what you were, I feel so bad for my family. They came to visit me, and I'm like, I'm starting a new sermon series. Let me tell you all about it, and all the messages I'm getting. Like, do. they're like, we, we just want to visit with you. And I'm like, yeah, but this is what I'm thinking about right now, you know? And so they sent this to me, um, maybe you've seen the sign like this when you've driven out to Lancaster. I'm like, where are you going when you bold letters, clouds, or fire? You know, it's very dramatic. Um, you know, I'm just going to be honest. If I die right now, what I go to heaven about? I don't. There's no way for me to know that. I hope, I believe, I trust, but we don't know that. But you know what I can know right now? What I can tell you is right here, right now. The kingdom of Jesus has broken into my life and is dismantling what is broken and what is wicked and what is evil in me. And one day, I believe that same kingdom will do the same work in, that it's doing in me. In the world. And I think that's good news worth sharing. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for loving us and loving enough to come and die to defeat sin and death and hell so that we might spend eternity with you. God, forgive me for so many times. I've been motivated to do the right thing out of guilt and fear, which is how the enemy goes about getting things done, not how you go about doing things. We have good news, not bad news to share. And the good news is this. Your kingdom is coming, and you're already crowned king. And I get to be part of your kingdom now and forever. work, ever. God, I pray if there's anybody here who's never decided to become a disciple, a student, an apprentice, the way that you lived and love that today they just say, you know what, sign